Welcome to Emergence Radio Talk, where you'll be inspired and motivated by the journeys of movers and shakers from all around the world and those who are occupying and taking dominion. Emergence Radio Talk with Dr. Tavara Johnson. Welcome everyone to Emergence Radio Talk, of course, with your host, Dr. Tavara Johnson. And let me tell you, I'm so excited for today's broadcast. And so I want to personally welcome, welcome you to Emergence Radio Talk. This is a show where you will be inspired to emerge, occupy, and take dominion. Today, I have with me none other than Mr. Relationship himself, Mr. Harrison Thompson. And tonight, he will be sharing some of his journey as to how he has been able to dominate the spirit of influences that God would have given to him. And so, um, Mr. Harrison, I want to welcome you tonight to the show. And thank you so much for joining me this evening. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's definitely a pleasure to be here. Um, and any opportunity I get to talk about the thing that I am most excited about, you know I'm going to jump on it. I know you have so much going on um, in the realm of relationships. I know you are like an influencer and everything else. But of course, I have a copy of your amazing bio. But I want you to let our listening audience know a bit of who Harrison Thompson is. Sure thing. Sure thing. So... Harrison Thompson, as you know, he is a therapist. He's a cognitive behavioral therapist. He has been, well, I have been operating in the Bahamas since 2011. And not a lot of people know this, but I wasn't always a therapist. I started off in law, but it wasn't too long before I realized that law is not necessarily I want to set up shop. I love the idea of helping people, but not in that particular capacity. And as life would so have it, my father, who was a clinical psychologist, just happened to have a mental health facility here, relationship management, where I got exposed to what therapy is like and what uh, uh, being a relationship therapist is really like. And so I really do thank him for paving the way for me, allowing me to kind of venture off into an area that I don't think a lot of Bahamians have been familiar with in the last 20 years. And I'm just so happy to report now that we are beginning to change our mindset towards therapy and towards counseling. And so Harrison, the therapist, is one guy, and Harrison, just the average human being, is just like everybody else, trying to be as safe and secure and as happy as possible with the time that he has been loaned by God above. Awesome. That is really good to know because I was really going to ask you, you know, how did you really get into, area, into the area um, of relationships? Because I know, I mean, pretty much just the whole human interaction requires uh, talks about relationships. But, yes. you know, for you, especially now, what would you say like in this present day? Um, I don't necessarily feel that people value relationships as much anymore, whether they are platonic or even romantically. So how do you feel about that? Do you feel the same way? Why or why not? Yeah, I think that people want a relationship, right? But people are not necessarily prepared to pay the price of what being in a relationship will charge you. And everybody wants to participate in happiness. Everybody wants to live the ideal life of being booed up and getting married and settling down and having a family. But the truth is, all relationships will require us to submit to some degree of inconvenience. And because we spend so much time focusing only on the good feeling things, we're not so prepared to deal with the inconvenience of what a relationship is. And so a lot of times what does happen is, we end up focusing too much on what it is we feel instead of asking ourselves if we are prepared to pay the price of inconvenience in our relationships. 
And so what we see happening now is a tribalism where people are sharing in their hurt. They're no longer sharing in what is good. They're no longer sharing in what is hopeful. They are sharing in a tribalism of hurt. And so I think you are absolutely correct. Uh, people do not focus on relationships like they need to anymore. And people have become focused on just trying to be selfish and getting what they want to get without any hurt involved. Mm, that's really good. But I like that you talked about, you know, that people, they, they don't look for hope anymore. It's just more so a lot of the pain, uh, you know, that people would have went through or that they would have endured that people usually tend to more so capitalize on. Um, how do you, if someone comes to you and they're like, look, um, Harrison, I want to find this perfect love because, you know, I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect love, but I always tell people that there is someone who's perfect for you. That's with your flaws right. and all. But how do you deal with someone or, or how do you counsel them, I should say, when they come to you and they have this false perception of what a relationship should be or they just have a really tough time in terms of being hopeful or the or feeling that hey you know yes this can happen to me because they're so consumed with what has happened before or what didn't work before how do you um deal with a a, a client like that yeah so what has to happen is we got to come back down to earth right that's the first thing and most people allow themselves to believe in this very unrealistic version of what they think love and relationships are all about. Like, we know that love is not a Disney movie. We know that there's no such thing as a relationship that will not require work, that will not require conflict resolution, that will not require responsibility and accountability. But here it is. We try to bring life down to the level of our problems so that we don't have to go through the inconvenience of taking ownership over what's ours to deal with. And so I often tell my clients, I'm not your friend as a therapist, but don't think that just because you get hurt with the truth that you're being harmed. Hurt is not harm. Hurt is simply what happens when we feel bruised. Hurt is what happens when we get disappointed. Hurt is what happens when things don't feel good. But harm is what happens when we refuse to accept our responsibility to a situation. And then we end up in toxic cycles and we end up sabotaging ourselves and it can be a real mess. And so the first goal of their coming to me like that, Doc, is I'm going to have to bring them back to reality. And it may not feel good, but if you can weather that little storm, I guarantee you, you'll be better than you were yesterday. Well, that's good. But, you know, most people don't like to have to address hurt or you know, address what, what has hurt them. Because I always often say sometimes people like that excuse of saying that they have something to hold on to to be able yeah. to keep that same behavior that they may be displaying. And I also okay. talked about conflict resolution because I, I kind of, I, I almost feel like nowadays most people, anytime a conflict occurs, people break off running. Um, that means that, okay, well, maybe this isn't the quote unquote one, <laughs> one that God has for me because, you know, things are going, uh, it's not going as planned, but we have to take the conflicts and sometimes even the bad or the hurts that come along with relationships. Because of course we're dealing with, you know, persons or humans who are imperfect beings. And so people will hurt you and it, it won't always be intentional, but what are you right. doing? You know, what do you well, I tell people, you don't come to counseling because you want to feel better. You come to counseling because you want to be better, right? 
there's no shortage of things in this world that can help you feel better from alcohol to drugs to partying to people who aren't good for you to just escaping the world provides people with enough escape to feel better about things they want to feel better about but counseling is not something you engage on to feel better at least not immediately right because the process of being a better person is coming to grips with the reality of your situation and so if i can get people through empathy and understanding a lot of other techniques combined if i can get people to understand that just because this is uncomfortable it doesn't mean it's bad for you then i can begin slowly showing them the life that they could have if they start taking more responsibility for that hurt. Mm, that's good. I like that. I, I like that. People come to counseling to be better, but you know, there's more than enough escape in the world for us to feel better. So I yes. say, yeah, that's really good. So I would want to say, you know, for those who are listening in, just remember what, you know, Harrison said, if you want to be better, you go to counseling. If you want to feel better, you know, you don't go to the world. <laughs> yeah, but you go to the world. <laughs> Yes, that is really good. Now, uh, what would you say is the number one question that you probably get from individuals regarding relationships? Um, these individuals usually come to me asking, number one, how can I stop hurting? Number two, mm. um, is it me? What am I doing wrong? And what that's telling me is that people often, number one, overestimate their ability to make the right choices. And number two, they often underestimate the severity of challenges that other people are going through. So when we make these two fundamental errors at the same time, we end up in a catch-22 situation where any decision we make after missing all of the red flags will cause us significant pain. People don't want to accept that there's no way out from a situation that will not hurt them. But sometimes when you wait too long to make the right decision, that's what kind of has to happen. And so, you know, I empathize with people because they're hurting, they're vulnerable, they're crying, they really want to be better. But a lot of people just aren't equipped with the tools to do that. And so people use the tools that are available to them ad nauseum, meaning they bring new motivations to the same old broken systems, expecting new results. And then when they don't get those results, they internalize it as a, as a personal problem. Mm. And once you start internalizing it as a personal problem, you now become the enemy, not what you're doing. And that can be so damaging to a person's self-esteem. And so therapy helps those individuals that come to me with that um, kind of separate that you're not a broken person. Sometimes we just do broken things. Mm, that's good. We're not a broken person, but sometimes we just do broken things. I like that. All right, so you're dropping all type of nuggets tonight, man. And thank you so, so much. I know um, those who are listening and they will definitely be blessed by all of what you, all of what you have to say. Now, of course, you know, I follow you on social media and I saw the other day that you shared a post and your post said that um, persons are doing everything for self-care except, except for forgiving. I want you to elaborate on this statement for us and share with us the importance of forgiveness. Yeah, so I remember that post. Um, that got a lot of traction. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so a lot of us think about self-care as waking up in the morning, getting that green smoothie going, booking an appointment at the spa, getting your nails done, your hair done, a massage, spending time at the pool or the beach, and then playing some 
chill music, the kind of vibe out to and reading a good book, right? Mm -hmm. As much as we would like to convince ourselves that that's healing us, all it's really doing, Doc, is helping us feel better about what we're not doing, right? Avoidance is not healing. And while avoidance is necessary to kind of gather yourself, avoidance is not the cure, right? Sometimes avoidance is necessary so that we can build ourselves back up, but only to go back into the fight. You have to engage in a very difficult task of asking yourself, if I actually want to be a better person, then I have to learn to let go of the things that are holding me back from being back. And so a true self-care day is one of the most difficult days that you will ever go through. A self-care day is saying, I'm not going to escape. I'm not going to run today. I'm going to feel what it is I need to feel. I'm going to process what it is I need to process. And I'm not going to treat this like something I can just set and forget it. And so when I made that post, I wanted to show how people, whilst, while they struggle with forgiveness, it is a necessary step if you want to have a healthier, happier, lighter life. Because a lot of people struggle with that. And I think um, a lot of times people not only struggle with forgiving people, but they struggle yeah. with forgiving themselves. So true. So true. I think it's because we expect more out of ourselves than we do from other people. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we expect that other people are going to make mistakes. We expect that other people are going to have challenges. We expect that other people are going to deal with harsh realities. Oh, but not me. I did it the right way. I fast, I pray, I stayed in my lane. I'm intelligent, I'm strong. I should not be going through these challenges. And the truth is, we are not exempt from that, you know? Man, Harrison, you step on my toes a bit because I, you know, sometimes I have some situation, I'm like, God, I didn't pray, I didn't fast, I didn't do all types of things. I didn't, you know, so see, I was good, I was nice to people, you know, but you yeah. are right. You yeah, are. We, we want it to be for something because, you know, we really do believe that that's the formula. Yeah. And I hate that that's what we have been indoctrinated with, which is why we have a country filled with nice people. But these nice people don't have results to show. And so if you look around the world, you'll realize that if you want to get something done, that's not about your character. That's about what has to be done. That's a, that's a set of decisions that has to be made. And that doesn't discriminate rich or poor, white or black, Bahamian, American, Chinese, Russian. Whoever applies the principle is the one that reaps the rewards. But in the Bahamas, we have been told that the nicer you are, the more you should expect. And so we see the problem very quickly because you being a nice person has nothing to do with what you get back out of life. No. You being a nice person is all about your character and who you decide to be. But if you got to get something done, you can't always be nice about that. You're going to have to sometimes be assertive. You're going to have to sometimes be protective of your mind and your boundaries. You're going to have to know when to recruit a little bit of anger to stand up for yourself and to go where God is calling you. You can't do that being a passive person no. waiting on everything, you know? Mm -hmm. That's true because especially now we have so many people who are just almost just waiting for God to drop things just in their life. <laughs> and right. It just don't work that way. I mean, the angels aren't just going to come and drop it in your lap. You have to actually do some work, um, you know, I think T.D. Jake said it best when he said you got to give God something to work with you and you got to put in the work um, and then he could go ahead and help you through to the rest of the end or the results that you desire to see. Right. That's what? so true. Yeah. 
you know um now for us single folks who may be listening in right as a relationship coach or an expert what are some of the pitfalls that we could avoid when dating <laughs> uh, so i think the mother of all pitfalls is trying to get dating right okay I think everybody wants to get this thing right. And in my mind, dating is not something to get right. Dating is a process by which we allow life to expose us to the truth of who people are, right? And when we try to rush through that process, we don't give life enough opportunities to show us the truth about who we are potentially getting involved with. So we focus again only on the good, avoiding and minimizing the bad until the honeymoon phase is over and we realize that maybe we made a mistake. When people try to get dating right, they become so scared to get it wrong. They become so scared to take risks. They become so scared about what people are going to say. If you're seen dating multiple people and it's like we get boxed into this corner where it's like we want to explore our options, but we don't want to wear the risk of what people are going to think and say. So it's a terrible place to be. And unfortunately, that's what we have taken on as the MO in the Bahamas. Well, you know, I love that you said that, um, you know, it gives us an opportunity to pretty much explore life in terms of, because um, one of the things I realized about dating, it, it, it's a lot about collecting data. And so I believe, even though, like you said, you may, you know, you may be in this honeymoon phase, but how does that person respond if they if you do something that they don't like you know these are the things that i i think we need to be able to see people in all of the facets as much as we possibly can just in you know depending on however long that in however long you may decide to to date that individual before it i guess turns into courtship and you know marriage and all that stuff like that so i think that right. is um i think that's really good because i mean i wouldn't want to just stay in the honeymoon phase, but then I don't know how you're going to respond when you get mad. Are you someone who, who you know, are, are you an abuser undercover? Like, who are you? <laughs> exactly. You know, that's, that's exactly why I think we have to be patient with life. Like, don't try to rush that, you know, stick around to see how it is when the money is there. Stick around to see how it is when the money is low. Stick around to see how it is, unfortunately, maybe when tragedy strikes or when COVID hits, you know, or just give life an opportunity to show you who that person is. And then once life has shown you enough, now you have to make a calculated decision. Am I willing to deal with what life has shown me or do I not? And if the answer is no, move on. And hopefully you've allowed yourself to do that and make that decision before too much of your heart gets recruited. Mm. Yeah, now that's normally the, normally the issue for us ladies. <laughs> I don't think men usually have that have that challenge with most of the females. <laughs> Very true. I mean, men have it too, but I think I think men have a built-in mechanism to kind of deal with their emotions internally, and women not so much. You know, women are creatures of expression, and so as a woman feels, thus she expresses. But men are usually creatures of thought, and so however we feel creates thinking. We like to think about how we feel. And so for that reason, the outward display of what we struggle with can sometimes look different. But, at, but at the core of it all, we're all dealing with the same thing. We just don't want to be hurt. Mm. 
So can that possibly be why? So, okay, when we talk about relationships, right? And, yeah. you know, let's say there's a breakup. For some reason, the woman say, probably because we express how we feel, you know, we would tend to get over the breakup a little sooner and the males seem like they're dragging along. It seems like, you know, um, within, a, within six months, a year, we could be over it and then they're still struggling sometime years later. Does, right. is that the, can that possibly be the cause of that? Um, I think sometimes it could be, but that's for the lack of knowledge. I think because we don't allow ourselves to truly be vulnerable in what it is we're going through, it's like we're always trying to be something. We never really allow ourselves to be because we negatively judge emotions like sadness and anxiety. So it's like whenever we feel those things, our immediate response is to reject it, right? Now, women may have better access to that because there's less stress and tension when it comes to identifying with what you feel. Mm-hmm. But men we get bashed for doing that. We, are, we haven't been raised in a society where we can connect with our feelings without paying a very sharp price. And so it takes a, an intelligent man, an honest man, a vulnerable man to really connect with the truth about a situation instead of feeling like he has to prove something to himself or other people. So I think it's for that reason alone that men may sometimes struggle a lot longer than women do. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of that. Like, sometimes the woman has already, I mean, moved on to a whole other relationship. The male supposedly have a relationship, but then they're still struggling and still trying to call the female. <laughs> I'm like, True. What, <laughs> what really is that, you know? Now, for you, as a relationship therapist, and of course, someone who helps other navigators, is there or has there been any pressure on you to ensure that your own personal relationship is solid? And, you know, I ask this question because sometimes people have the perception that if you aren't married or if your relationship isn't all the way together, that you shouldn't be helping people navigate relationships. Very true, man. I'll have some clients tell me if you mess up, Harrison, or something goes wrong, that's it. It's wow. all done. And I'm like, wow, no pressure. <laughs> but, you know, I, I try to do a good job in showing people that my relationship is not all pretty. Right? I don't want to be that guy who's only highlighting the good and not talking about the bad. And if anybody follows me, they'll know that I sometimes talk about how I struggle with idealism and how sometimes idealism can make it very hard for me to become what it is my wife may need sometimes. And so I never want to highlight the fact that I got the formula, right? Because we know that awareness of a problem doesn't always mean that you know what to do about the problem. And so I don't try to present the absence of problems as being my validator for being a therapist. Instead, I use my acknowledgement of the problems and my adherence to what it is I should be focusing on as my validator that I am in this with you. Whenever I talk to my clients, I'm never talking a distance. I am including myself in the things that I am also communicating to my clients about. And so while a lot of people look at me and think, wow, I wish I could have that, I'm not doing anything different than anybody else with a successful relationship. I just may be able to kind of put words to it better than others. Mm-hmm. that's good because you know sometimes we see some <laughs> we're talking with anyone but you know we see some people they have they you know were making it seem as if their relationships was together 
um, you know, and pretty much critiquing everyone's relationships or other males inheritors, you know, things came up in their relationships falling apart. And I'm like, hello, you can't be doing that. Right. And I love that for you. Your style is one that, you know, like you said, you actually let them know. I mean, of course, you don't let them know everything. But, you know, you do paint or you don't give them a realistic view of even what your relationship would be like. Like you said, you're not doing anything different than other, yeah. you know, persons or someone else who desires a successful relationship. It's just that you um, are better able to articulate the words for it. Definitely. Now, the only thing I may say that I've kind of learned is that I can't control what happens, but I can control my response to what happens. And I think that in what it is I, I do as a career and what it is I do in my marriage, I always try to save my resources for how I should respond to the problem. And that seems to be a very good rule of thumb that has always allowed me to navigate challenges, even when I didn't know what the outcome would look like. That's good. Because I think people, it's good for people to really realize that you can't really um, predict or, you know, you don't have control over someone else's feelings. And right. I told one, actually one of my coaches, I said to the other day, I'm like, listen, this is why I don't like teamwork sometimes. I said simply because I say for me, if it's just me, I can get it together, <laughs> you know? Right. I right. think sometimes some things that involves other people, you got to sometimes wait for them to catch up or, you know, and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so... But again, like you say, uni could, um, you're, you're only really responsible for your feelings and how you really respond um, yeah. to someone else's feelings, even if, it, even if it's something that you don't agree with or you don't like. I totally agree. For what would you say, like, for our listening audience? I want you to provide them just with some, you know, advice that can help to take their relationships that they may have currently now to the next level or those who are desiring relationships, you know, things that they can do differently. So when they're in another relationship, it's able to be a bit more healthier. Even if it's not successful in terms of, you know, they, they don't get the desired outcome, but it, at least it's still a healthy one. Yeah. So I think what people can do is realize that relationships are not extensions of who you are. A relationship is willful participation to join someone else in their journey, right? And so when you take that perspective, you realize that you've got to be a certain kind of person, a certain kind of healed person, a certain kind of whole person before you should have any business dealing with a relationship in the first place. Because relationships at its core is really all about service one and to another. And if you're not in a position to serve someone, that means you're looking to be served. And when you are looking to be served, it means you're looking for people to be a certain way so that you can kind of feel good feelings. And that I have found has been a very, very big source of hurt and strain for so many people because I do believe that the majority of people who are looking to find the quote-unquote right one are only doing so in an attempt to avoid responsibility. Because they believe that if I find the right one, I won't have to fight. I won't have to deal with challenges. I won't have to deal with insecurities. The right person that God has out there for me will love me as I am and I won't have to do any work. But that's just not true. You have to get to a place of wholeness within yourself so that you can be whatever it is your relationship is asking you to be 
without you feeling like you're losing. That's good. That's good. I understand. I like this. I like this, you know, it's a willful participation, you know, to be on someone else's journey. I really yeah. like that, the way how you break it down, how you explain when you talk about our relationships and the course for people to know that, hey, you need to be, there's some level of wholeness that you need to have. I always tell people, I don't think that you'll be entirely whole because I, one of my, um, I guess my philosophies, how I feel is that sometimes even in being with some people there are some things that you may not necessarily know that it's there but that particular individual may bring that out and then you have to deal with that but of course once you have a level of wholeness to be able to have a healthy relationship and then if something else or when something else i should say comes up then you're healthy enough to, to deal with it but if you start off in dysfunction that's going to be a problem that's going to be a hard Big time. <laughs> you're spot on you're spot on you know it's going to be a hot mess but Harrison, I mean, this was some great nuggets. It was a great conversation. I probably have to bring you back, to be honest, because this was really, really good. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know those who are listening in that they have been blessed by this conversation. And so, of course, thank you so much. But I want you, before you go, to let our listening audience know a bit of how they can stay connected with you or they could get connected with you if they, you know, in any products or the other services that you offer. Um, you know, they're listening in and they say, hey, I want you know, Harrison to help me out. <laughs> well, so interestingly enough, you say that my hashtag is Harrison helps. So I do appreciate that little plug. But um, my base has always been on Facebook and that's where everything kind of started on Harrison Thompson official. So I'm the only person that kind of checks my messages. So if you ever wanted to kind of send me a message there, feel free knowing that it's just my eyes. I will see that. If you want more direct access to like an appointment, um, you can reach out to the office at 356-7983 or 4. Well, that's area code 242-356-7983 or 4. Or you can visit my website at harrisonhelps.com. You can fill out a contact form submission, and that comes to my email, and we'll get you percolating. Awesome. So everyone, be sure to go ahead and follow Harrison. He has some good nuggets. I mean, if you thought tonight's uh, show was really good, go ahead and check out his social media pages. So be sure to um, follow him. Like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed this interview with you um, today. But for everyone who's listening, of course, be sure to join us on Tuesday for another episode of Emerges Radio Talk. For you, of course, will be inspired to emerge, occupy, and take dominion. Once again, I'm your host, Dr. Barrett Johnson. And be sure to connect and stay connected with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, under the social media handle, Savara Johnson, or you can visit my website at www.savarajohnson.com if you desire coaching services. Um, we're also doing book publishing, doing magazines. So if you desire to have your own magazine, launch your own radio show podcast, go ahead and you know, you can send me an email as well at Tavira Johnson, sorry, info at Johnson.com, or you can go ahead and visit emergencemediagroup.com and you can schedule your free consultation and we will go ahead and get you started. So everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Blessings and I will see you next week, Tuesday. Thank you for tuning in to Emergence Radio Talk. For more information on Emergence Radio Talk, Emergence Mentorship Program, or Women to Women Mentoring Program, be sure to visit www.tavarajohnson.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show, email
email us at info at tabarajohnson.com or follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. That's Tabara Johnson. Stay connected and updated on all upcoming events. Until next time, thank you for joining us.